0: Hey, I'm Brian and I'm Noah. You are listening to the Brian and Noah podcast. We believe in connection, community and collaboration through meaningful conversation. There is power in connection. Having the courage to reveal our desires will help
1: us understand each other. Each conversation draws us near a new understanding and a more purposeful life. Who we are as individuals can be magnified through community and shared knowledge. All right, Brian, you ready? Yeah, let's do it.
0: Hey, Noah. How's it going?
1: Hey, Bryant. Good, good.
0: So uh, I just wanted to, of course, ask you, how did your week go?
1: The week has been... Today is Friday, isn't it? Dear Jesus. Yes. The week, <laughs> the week has been very interesting. I think um, the few times you and I have touched base this week, it's I've literally probably sounded like a mess. Um, between getting stuck in Miami... Then getting back to New York City, trying to catch up with everything, losing my work cell phone in Miami, oh, no. um, and then coming back to a shit ton of work. Literally, I think I always say it every time I do it. Going on vacation sounds like a great idea until you have to come back. Right, it's the worst. But not like a a fall and bond. like literally, like. Full inbox, full voicemail, and um, a client of mine, a friend of mine rather, Naomi put me onto this software. It's called um, Streak, and it allows you to pause your email, so it doesn't notify you, doesn't give you any notification that anything is coming in. So you really think you are like not being needed until the pause expires and you get an inbox full of a hundred different, it, it was a lot. So I will never do that again. I will never do that again. But how was your week?
0: My week went well. Um, it was just a lot of planning during my week for things mm-hmm. of that I want to have happen for me this year. So just chipping away little by little, learning, okay. doing research, making sure that I I'm setting myself up for true success. Mm-hmm of okay. all in which I want to accomplish this year. So uh, I would say that good so far, I'm learning that I have to put myself in a position of understanding that things may be new to me and getting comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So getting comfortable with making mistakes, getting comfortable with uh, just at times telling myself, that, hey, Bryant, you're still learning. You may not understand everything in terms of how it's all supposed to work out and how to navigate it. But by the end of this year, you'll have those skills and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So just taking it one day at a time. So being open.
1: (laughs) Okay. What prompted that? Like, what are you researching? What are you working on? I'm being extremely novice and putting you on the spot. Okay.
0: (laughs) a business um, so I'll say that for now starting a business researching exactly um, making sure that I I'm putting in enough time to ensure that it thrives okay so researching a lot of different things around it okay yeah so
1: <laughs> that <was> that. <laughs>
0: but uh, okay. next up, I want us to get into the question of the day Mm-hmm. So as we know, the topic today is procrastination, but really what we want to talk about in this question was something that's sort of surrounding that. So the question mm-hmm. is, is as many people are now working from home, how has the structure changed your productivity level?
1: Um, I think for me, it's a little, it's a unique situation because I was already technically working from home. even though i have a working space essentially a working office a headquarters i predominantly work from my home my living room my makeshift office but there was something i don't i don't know what it is but there was something the moment that we were forced um excuse me we were forced to stay home um the anxiety of getting up from my bed and walking to my desk which is a lot heavier, because then it felt like there was no separation of church and state, so to speak. Okay. Meaning um, I think there's, like, this best practice where, like, you don't take your computer to your bedroom because you want to make sure that you have a separation so your mind knows how to shut off. I've never had that issue. I can work in my bed. Okay. I can work in the tub. I can work in the kitchen. My mind cuts off when I just have to cut off work. Okay, But during the pandemic um, it's been tough being productive. Do you know how easy it is to decide to take a nap, yeah, or like you know you get up, you make breakfast, and you realize, okay, I'm just gonna sit down for a little bit, right, and then i 'll get the work done and then a little bit turns into four hours later you've been what you've been watched two shows you've watched c n n for the last six hours. You've talked to your parent, you've right. called this friend, you've ordered this food. So it's funny that I am now having to learn or having to create new, behavior, new behave, uh, behaviors that set me up for success for the day. Meaning, um, like I've structured my living room a little bit different to, to feel more like an office. I now understand that I can't turn the TV on in the morning to watch my CNN briefs. Um, I have to actually plan a lunch break. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I have to give myself a cutoff time when work has to stop. um, Just so that I at least have some personal time. Which, you know, prior to, again, prior to COVID, that wasn't a thing for me. If I got up and worked in my desk or in my living room, even in my bed, for 10 hours, I worked for 10 hours. I didn't feel the need for a nap. And yeah. I don't know if it's old age, being thirty two, but you know, every fifteen minutes we're like, okay, I can go to sleep now. Yeah. Like it's it's been it's been interesting. So but what about yourself?
0: I would say for me, uh the productivity level I would say just revved up a bit because I would say that the pandemic has sort of opened my eyes to understand that there are areas where I still need to take advantage of my time and allow myself to grow. Mm-hmm. So, in recognizing that, I wouldn't say that my productivity level like decreased or increased or anything, but I would say I definitely took the time to see, wow, Brian, you have this much extra time you can dedicate towards something new. So, I think it was mm-hmm. just an eye-opener. And because of that eye-opener, in a way, it's caused me to be more productive. And more productive in a way where I'm just seeing the opportunities that I have available with my skill set. And I don't think that light would have been shed upon that had this pandemic not occurred. Okay. So, yeah, I would say it was... A good thing. I know that's not everyone's story. Like I know it's certainly not your story. But <laughs> I would say that um it's allowed me to not just give myself more structure, but be more intentional about what takes my time.
1: That's a good one. I think I won't say that I've learned it. I think that's I feel like that's something that's probably been you no, know, because I'm projecting. I would hope that COVID and this pandemic and being stuck in a house would have forced a lot right. of us into mm-hmm. that space. Because I know I know it has for me, like I've had to get very creative in how I um, um, attack new projects or new opportunities or um, adjust how I was doing things in the past. Yeah. Like looking at things from a from a, a different perspective. Like, okay, well, that wasn't the greatest way of doing it. Or um, there's an easier way. I do remember at the beginning of this, I was like, I probably procrastinate more than anything. Where I know I can get a, I literally can get a full month's work done in a matter of four hours. Yeah. If I actually worked, if I actually worked the way people think yeah. that I work, I could get a month's I could get a month's work like a to do list done within a matter of four hours. Okay. That's good.
0: I think that brings us to our main topic. <laughs> it does. I didn't mean to do, no, that. No, I mean to that, do that. I really so didn't mean to do that. <laughs> our main topic, everyone, is procrastination. So of course we have uh, three questions that we ask around this. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, are you getting in your own
1: way by procrastinating? Uh, Hell yeah. Like, absolutely. And I know this, I'm aware of this, and yet I continue to do it. But you know what? And I'm being completely honest about this. I procrastinate because I know that I perform better under pressure. I produce the best (laughs) level. Like It is amazing how I could have a full three months to do something, and I'll wait to 24 hours prior, and I'll knock it out, and I'll kill it. Whereas if I were to actually use, excuse me, if I was to actually use those three months in doing something, um, and perhaps this is part of being a perfectionist, if I were to actually use my time given, I overthink, and I know that. Yeah. You know, Um, I probably will create four different scenarios for a conversation or. I'll create uh, uh, various uh, positions for segmenting out of a project versus just getting it done and procrastination and I'll bring this up a little bit later in the conversation because I think we both naturally we are readers and I've I've learned that procrastination really isn't a bad thing but I won't take away from the conversation. I procrastinate because I know that I work better under pressure, but I hate that I procrastinate because I wear so many hats, I could get so much more done. And I could be so, I could be way, way less stressed if I didn't procrastinate. And so, you know, I probably wouldn't have anxiety if I didn't procrastinate so much. But You know, it's funny. For sure, I am destroying myself. No, no, I agree with you. I just think,
0: (laughs) because I'm I'm the same way, like, I perform very well under pressure. If you said to Mm -hmm. me right now, Brian, in an hour, I need an... An article or report on this specific subject it will be the best mm-hmm. thing that <laughs> you would never know like he did this in an hour you would think like oh he's right been already into this it's good, mm-hmm. good work but um i'm the same way i work very well under pressure what i'm understanding now is that i have to the way I, Okay, the way I generally approach things, like, for example, someone recently gave me a piece that they needed me to work on. said, sure, no mm-hmm. problem. I'll work on that for you. I did not do it until like the day before it was due. Yeah. But when mm-hmm. I first got it initially, my mind was already working on it. So I just wrote down some notes and some bullet points pertaining to it so that yeah. I knew that when I got to it, exactly what it was going to look like so it wasn't (laughs) i don't i don't think that was more so procrastination like i was gonna say
1: because i feel like you did like prep work and then you like left it for the day before i already
0: knew how it's gonna structure. so my approach was very clear mm -hmm. on that so i already outlined it so that when the time came it was pretty much already done i just had to put my hand to it yeah um
1: so I mean because I, I do we consider that procrastination it is because you right. could have done I, it in I the totally moment you could have worked have. on it <laughs> so versus because I'm not going to look at we we do have our list of questions but I want to ask this question because it's sitting on me why do you think you did the prep work and just didn't do the actual work yet. Like, what was that medium point of the prep and then the final piece? Like, what was it? was just me thinking to myself, if
0: I don't do this prep, this thing is going to be so stressful for me by the time I come around and decide to do it and actually put my hand Mm -hmm. to it. So Mm -hmm. by just doing the outline and the prep work, I said, you know what? That eliminates the stress. At that point, I'll just be in the zone of getting it mm-hmm. done versus like in a frenzy, <laughs> so gotcha. I like, approached it that way. I don't know if that's making an excuse or not, but that's honestly how I felt. Like I didn't feel stressed or well, no, like you
1: gave yourself a framework. Yeah, like
0: exactly,
1: you give yourself a framework so you essentially know what you're doing. So you're you're way better than I am because I don't do prep work. I don't prep for anything. I don't plan. Okay, I literally like you could tell me Noah. I need so and so right now. I'll literally have the the wheels are run. Okay, we can do this. And then I'm like, okay, I can do it tomorrow. Okay, I can do it tomorrow. Tomorrow will turn into 14 tomorrows. And then deadline is like in seven hours. And here I am, literally between typing, researching, taking notes. So okay, I think in your, in, I, in your point, like, I can't do. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> you just use your time. Wire, okay, <laughs> so I, I, that
0: I can't do. I, even when... I'm doing work for the magazine like I'm always as soon as I get it I'm constantly thinking of it it's always Mm -hmm. I won't even say it's in the back of my mind it's more so like it's not the front either It's more like in the middle (laughs) (laughs) it's in the middle of my (laughs) mind so the way I structure my day is each morning I start off with a to-do list and nothing heavy but I start off with a to-do list um And it's not something i physically have to write out at times there are times when something's urgent and i have to write it down otherwise i know i'll forget especially if it's very time sensitive uh but i write out to the list for the day things i could do that day things i could do by the Mm -hmm. end of the week and things that are after that right so when it comes to work for when it comes to my writing i as soon as i get something i'm already thinking about it so It's not as if I'm formulating ideas at the time, just before it's due, those ideas are already fleshed out just through thought. And sometimes I'll just Mm -hmm. sit in bed before I go to sleep, like, let me just open up a notes page and just write, just write. And then I take 10, 15 minutes to do that. And then I put it down. And then I don't have to think about it when I come back to it. it's like, oh, that'll trigger something else that I can expand.
1: So pause. Yeah so pause Mr. DeBerry because we're having a full on conversation about procrastination or we're beginning the conversation you're not a procrastinator (laughs) you're not a procrastinator I mean I I am literally I am
0: solo in this by myself I I could totally do it all if I wanted to I would say that there's love You were literally
1: it. planning. Like you're actively working on a project. You're just cutting it down to like but bite size execution. They're not the same. No, it it is. You're literally <laughs> consuming a project just in smaller bites. You were literally like the perfect child. <laughs> you're the per- like you're the person's like okay, there's a paper due on Friday. So Monday you are like going to outline what you're talking about. Tuesday you're going to research the topic. Wednesday, you're probably going to, you know, gather all of your, like, micro-informations, either a picture or a voice note or something. Like, literally, you were working. But I
0: don't think
1: I of that way. I feel so it... unseen. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> meanwhile, I literally do nothing. I will watch TV for two months and then decide to write it.
0: Well, let me explain. I do allow okay. certain silly things to get in the way. Like, I didn't need to binge watch that season of that show last week. But right. I did. I could have been putting that time to something else so the way i see it is that it depends on where you are and i feel like everyone procrastinates in some way true so i feel like true even though you're at a level of procrastination that's not at the same level as i am did you just say
1: that i'm on did you just say that i'm a worse procrastinator than you i did not say that that's what just happened (laughs) that's that's what just happened (laughs) That's, that's what you, you just you just you literally that. just said i mean i procrastinate but i'm prepared whereas you know like, you're just procrastinating it's okay it's really okay you know but so that brings us say, to this next question do hollers holler <laughs> <I> said- <laughs> i'm hollering no I'm just- <laughs> that's totally okay that was so okay. mean <laughs> so and you make a point like i get and i've, I've realized that over the, the the course of my career where i think everyone procrastinates differently but i do and i perhaps i'm saying this wrong now but ultimately the sabotage is similar yeah. so meaning do you think that um and i want to phrase this correctly from our notes um what are some ways people self-sabotage and i i think we both have the same understanding that procrastination is a version of self-sabotage yeah um but i guess for you what's some of the ways let's make this personal What's some of the ways you find yourself self-sabotaging uh
0: by not truly dedicating the amount of time to a certain project um Mm -hmm. so i know from that may be a little bit confusing especially with what we just went over and you know and how i structure my day my week but there could be something that should only take 30 minutes right i'll spend double the time on it because i'm waiting i'm trying to get it to a point of being perfect so i would say that for me which I'm really growing out of. I really, okay. am. but understanding that nothing is ever going to be perfect. Reaching for, for perfection is self-sabotage. Indeed. So done is better than perfect. Just start, just begin. Say it. So okay. I would say that's me personally, and I'm really getting out of the mindset of this idea of being perfect like it's just not Mm -hmm. worth it at the the way i see it is at the end of the day we're all more so the same than different Mm -hmm. we all innately care about the same things we want the same things it's just that the way we live may be different and our desires may be different but the Mm -hmm. root principle and goal is the same and I just think that going for perfection is really not worth it. And once you realize that we're all more so connected than we like to think we are, than we think we are, then yeah. more you'll just say, you know what? Stop being so hard on yourself and just start.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm.
0: that's where I am right now with that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay,
0: sir. <laughs> what about you? What is a way that you find yourself self sabotaging,
1: you know, truly, utterly. Um, when I, it really is. It's in this. It's in the procrastination, and it's gonna. It. it I think it sounds weird when I say it to people, and I have had people say, "There's no. There's no. There's no way, Noah." But I procrastinate because I get so overwhelmed at the initial request. Mm-hmm. I between the agency, this podcast, my podcast, the magazine, the production company, and the PR firm, the requests come often, and the engagements, they're always there, and I always revert back to this space of, why me? And then I go into this, like, panic mode of, oh my god, can I really do this? And my procrastination is directly attached to the fact that I don't, I don't initially think that I can do it or that I'm going to be able to deliver to the expectation that people are expecting. I'll give two great examples. My very first piece for Cosby magazine was due two weeks ago. Okay, I just turned the draft in two days ago. Okay. And I was so terrified. I was writing on, um, um, BIPOC individuals in the fashion industry and the conversations that have been happening on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And in that, it's completely loaded because it talks about the divisiveness of Black people in the fashion industry, let alone the culture. I'm very well versed in this topic currently. I read a lot. I've had these conversations a thousand times over. But for a magazine to ask me to write and it, be, it literally be the headline for the new month, I was like, mm. well, technically, I'm not an editor. Uh, you asked me to do this because I'm attached to so many things. I was like, no, there's no way you can do this. And so what I really could have knocked out and what I in fact knocked out in two hours, I could have done two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the same thing when uh, Caviar reached out to me to do um, a spotlight conversation on agency stuff and models and models of color. I literally rescheduled this call for two months. No way. Because I was so terrified, I was like, "Why would you want to speak to me?" And Vina, my um, my best friend and my co-founder um, of the production company, she was like, "No, why would they not reach out to you?" And I was like, "There's like a thousand other agencies on this platform." But my sabotage comes directly from the fact that I still deal with that imposter syndrome because yeah. I come from a I don't I don't have the education to back up everything that I've done. I don't come from a situation where um, where I've been, some of the roles that I currently hold, some of the titles that I currently hold, um, I earned them, I will say that, but prior to them being offered to me, I had never done before. I am senior editor for fashion, for Kazi Magazine. Yeah. I don't understand why you would have asked me, of all people? There are a plethora of individuals who've been writing for years. Um, and so those initial thoughts go through my head. And I think imposter syndrome is a term that is being used a lot now, but I don't think people understand the depth of which it goes. Right. Like, it has literally left me completely disabled in my bed on, on certain days. Because I'm just like, I don't belong here. What have I done I'm gonna let someone down. I'm fooling people. Like, even with the agency, I've owned it for six years. I've placed models from everywhere from Adidas to Revlon. And I still feel like, Noah, uh, people you're gonna be found out. You're gonna be found. I'm like, and I always have to have to say, like, found out for what? Because you you had to essentially beg for the contact, or you're just a black boy from Miami. Like and I get emotional I talk about it because I'm not going to cry on this podcast, but um, every title that I hold, I actively work at it and I'm, I get excited about it and I share it and I talk about it so often because I have to remind myself that I've earned the right to be in these spaces and I'm really, re- this is, it's the ego show, so to speak, but I'm really good at what I do. It just takes me a really long time to get go from imposter syndrome to confidence to do the work. Right. So, you know, and I've been fortunate enough where anyone that's ever hired me, if I surpass the deadline, they don't care because I always deliver and it's always above and beyond. But I would love to be in a space where, you know, people could ask me to deliver something in two weeks. And rather than deliver it three weeks later, I deliver it a week early. Right. I wanna to get to that part. So, you know, procrastination has been that tool that I've used to essentially kill opportunity. And I have, I've lost opportunities, I've lost jobs, I've lost clients because I freak out. Like, yeah. Um and I don't know any other way to say it, it's just I, I freak out. And I go through a whole cycle of emotions.
0: Yeah. I I can relate to that a little bit. Like, I totally understand. Like, I don't have a lot of the background that most people would think I have in order Mm -hmm. to execute. But I will say that I make up for an experience. And I would say that I also make up for it. And I often have ways of thinking things that are, like, way outside the box.
1: Yeah.
0: And... Being a planner, like, I just got off a call before recording just now, uh, planning a new venture for the magazine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No one is coming in to figure it out for us. Like, I had to plan it all out. Am I an expert at this? No. However, I know I am fully capable of taking it Mm -hmm. on and wrapping my arms around it to make it as successful as possible. Where that skill came from, I can't tell you specifically, (laughs) because it just happens with life experience, and I think that's almost anything, and I think what happens with imposter syndrome, people, we've been sort of duped (laughs) into thinking you need to have this specific skill set in order to achieve what you say you're doing. And being yeah. that you don't have this, whether it's a degree or uh, the seven plus years of experience in it, then mm-hmm. you must not be you must be a fraud. And of course, there are certain industries where yes, those things are 1000% necessary, like, yeah, for sure. But when it comes to you knowing exactly how you can deliver and you know that you're the type of person that's always going to make something happen, mm-hmm. then you stand on that. Stand on that integrity, because I always say that it's never too late to be what you might have been. And I think sometimes yes. you think of that quote in terms of like aging and getting older, but the way mm-hmm. I see it is that you are that right now. It's not yeah. too late to be that right now, what you might have been. So there's no reason to think that you're a fraud or you don't belong in the room that you're in with these other people. Like if you're in that room, you deserve to be there. That's just, and I always say to myself, no matter what room there is, I deserve, I deserve to be there. All it would mm-hmm. take for me to get there is getting the experience mm-hmm. because there are people that I've met who have those things that you're saying you don't have. And they they can't execute. So so, I get
1: um, that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I try my best now that it's some learning to not let things like that attack my mind because Mm -hmm. that only takes my confidence level down and it makes me doubt myself. And when I doubt myself, I don't perform and it's not worth it.
1: I agree. Yeah. My brain, my brain.
0: Yeah. But the next question. (laughs) Uh, is the way someone sabotages themselves linked to specific life experiences
1: i believe so and i i i'm gonna say yes because the question emphasizes specific life experiences um i know that my my procrastination or my uh my sabotage Directly stem from this. It's a little personal. I didn't realize the question I think it's a personal. I know. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it until we just like read it. But I I always start when I when I mention my life story. Both my parents are. Well, my dad's a recovering addict. My mom is a current addict. And growing up, I have always had to have to be um, a savior of, of sorts. But I've always been called in at the very last minute. So even as a child, when my mom had an issue or there was a problem with my brothers or there was something that was just in, happening in general, as a child, I was called in at the very last minute, well, D, my, my middle name is Demetrius, nicknamed D, D, uh, I need you to do this or I have to fix this or can you can you do this? And so part of, I guess, part of my wiring mentally is... Um, how do I say this? I'm built for last minute shit. That's the only only way that I can explain it. I know how to react and I know how to react in a way that isn't necessarily, um, dangerous because I've been conditioned to, I have to look at, to look at everything from all perspectives um what can go wrong will go wrong what can i change what can i change i have to be able to identify all of these things and learn this skill set at a very early age um and my family calls me the fixer because when i actually take on something there isn't anything but a solution at the very end of it um so i know that for me when i talk about the fact that i perform better under pressure it's been my entire life so
0: Wow, that stuck out to me when you just said your family calls you the fixer. Like, that's a lot of pressure to be under constantly. And At
1: 14. Put,
0: yeah, at 14. At that 14. In the place of thinking that you can't make a mistake. And
1: that's, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, to have to And it wasn't, you know, I don't think, well, I don't think a child in general ever aims to be perfect. And I never aimed to be perfect, but I quickly learned, um, you know, if I was called in to fix something and I immediately fixed it, the next time I was called in, I needed to immediately fix it. Yeah. And so that's been my role my entire life. Thus, the reason management was almost a no brainer. Yeah, like pr though i don't have a background in communications at all um or rather an educational background of it um pr comes natural to me i i thrive on crisis management um or just having to have a plan a plan b and the plan c but always making sure that plan a works um it's I think it's one of my, my stronger suits, but it's also the biggest identifier of trauma. And I honestly believe that anybody who thrives in the space of being able to fix anything, that is that is an indicator of trauma because we've had to, we, we have to handle so much at once and we do it with a smile, we do it with grace, we do it with style. Um, but no, yeah, like, and yeah. I think, you know that self sabotage and even in all honesty the my imposter syndrome directly stems from you know um verbal abuse from my father and the way that my dad's family was raised. they don't celebrate people easily um and I was an outcast my dad my dad's the oldest of ten, I'm the oldest of of three, and you know gay skinny tall bougie <laughs> don't know why he bougie like Oh, right. I was the ugly duckling, like like why does he act like that? And I was very right. much that kid. It was like oh my god, don't touch me outside. <laughs> why? <laughs> like so, you know, I got criticized a lot and called out on shit. I remember going. I was, I I literally went from like this kid who was obsessed with school. So by the time I was a senior in high school, I wasn't trying anymore. I played the violin. I was a theater kid. I was a law a student in uh, middle school. All of these activities, by the time I got to high school, my family had gotten so much into my head, I completely lost the passion. And so I went from a a student of 4.0 to graduating with a 2.88. yeah, Barely making it. Um, So I I know that my imposter syndrome is directly attached to my upbringing. Um, And in all honesty, I think all of our I guess you can say imperfections or areas of opportunities. They directly stem from some um, life experience. I genuinely believe that things don't just happen; these are these are things given to us by way of upbringing or interaction Mm -hmm. or um, exposure, if you will. Right. Yeah. Wow. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? That's. that's,
0: that's very eye-opening for me um but
1: i do want you guys to know brian is learning a lot about me because <laughs> yeah, none of what we are talking about is rehearsed and i didn't think that we were going to talk about this yeah but i, I, I don't know why like, like <laughs> i looked at the questions before it's like okay this is gonna be a breeze i was like oh wait i have to shed another layer of skin but it's perfectly fine
0: yeah you know i'm just listening through it, and we have so much more in common than I just originally thought. Um, I Just to share a little bit, I have two other siblings. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm a middle child because my other sibling is a twin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, of course, I was, I was first. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that um, I was definitely one of those kids that grew up you know, just being a loner and just doing things on his own. Mm-hmm. And I would say I took that example from my mom. My mom raised all three of us single handedly, you know, um, to this day. I think that I still talk to her sometimes and I say, how did you do that? And She's like, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and I never feel that I never felt that we went without. Like, how mm-hmm. did you do that? Like, and she was like, I, I, she was like, I cannot answer that. I can't answer that. and But I would say for, we were never those kids that wanted um, the latest name brand thing. Like we, I mean, there were struggles, of course. Yeah. But we didn't grow up um, see, seeing the value in those things. Like even now, I'll wear things that are like uh, expensive or name brand high end and it's like, it's, it's not, it doesn't hold, like some people are like, oh, I have to get that. And I'm just yeah. like, I can have it or not. Like, I really don't give a darn. But, and that's so funny because working in fashion, you know. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> 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 but um, I understand that my value doesn't lie in things. Mm-hmm. And so I would say my mom did a really good job of instilling that. But I would say that she had to work so much like, when I think back to my teenage years, she worked a lot. And I think I took that on as thinking that it, it became very hard for me to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would say that some of my self sabotage comes shows up in a way where I find it tough to ask for help. I had to train myself to get to a place where... I can even ask for something. Yeah. Because that's yeah. still very hard for me. Even if I have to ask for something right now of anyone, like there's this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be thought of as less than or not good enough mm-hmm. or um, needing somebody or um, feeling like, okay, am I now gonna be forever feeling as if they, they think I'm forever indebted to them because they did this thing for me. Like there's so many thoughts that I get. Mm-hmm. And I say that I have an independent spirit, but sometimes it can be to a fault because I don't take advantage and not in a negative way. I don't take advantage of the resources that my friend or family network may have. And they're willing to give it with open arms. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, um, some months ago when I was, thinking of the business I want to start. I mentioned it to someone. I said, I wasn't going to say this, but you know, I'm thinking of S Y Z. He was like, you didn't say anything to me at all. Why not? I don't understand why you wouldn't tell me that. And I said, you know, it was just something I wanted to do on my own. He was like, Brian, I could have provided so much insight for you (laughs) where some of the mistakes that you made would not have been made. So I would say that in, at times I need to, I would say I need to let my guard down be more vulnerable and mm-hmm. let people in. Like it's very hard to let, for me to let people in. Same. It, it's it's very, very hard. Um, <laughs> because that stems from a, a lack of trust, mm-hmm. you know? And I think sometimes when you feel you've been done wrong so many times mm-hmm. you just chalk them and say like you know what I just got to say myself every single time I can't lean on anybody and I'm not saying that you can't be independent and that you shouldn't you should lean on people that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is that there's a balance agree you know, like, yeah you know you you can burn yourself out mm-hmm. I've I've gotten sick many times in my 20s Like literally could not do anything because I just was going, 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 going Mm -hmm. and not asking for help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, hey, I need help with this because this would free up right for me to actually rest. Yeah. (laughs) You know, where I'm not just constantly making life happen for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that I'm that's where some of my self-sabotage was linked to now in my 30s I still get those feelings I'm not going to lie there I still get some of those feelings but the way I go about it is I take a pause and okay. I think and I try to be mindful of why am I feeling this way mm-hmm. what are you expecting to happen if you did ask for this type of assistance from this person. Mm -hmm. And also keeping it back in my mind that a lot of it is made up. Yeah. Like I understand that the brain makes up (laughs) scenarios that never will come to life. Literally. So what am I worried about? So I keep that in the back of my mind as well. But one thing I will say, and this is where I'll stop because I could talk a lot, (laughs) but one thing I will say is that something that I recently heard on social media It was someone's life. I'm blanking on a name. But the person said, whenever you feel a little bit of fear in asking for something, and it doesn't have to be help in terms of you needing something. It could just be a request to Mm -hmm. see how you're going to take your business forward or asking for a a partnership in some way. Just ask and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Just see what happens, right? You're not taking advantage of anyone in a bad way. You're not pulling the wool over our eyes and mm-hmm. going in with this communication, but really you're after something else or some sort of agenda. Like you're just being open and honest, and you just want to see what would happen, and you'll be surprised at what can come back to you.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. I try to keep that in mind as well.
1: Okay. Well, before you wrap up, because yeah. I want to make sure. Um... Specifically because we're talking about procrastination, I want to make sure this episode ends off on a high and positive note. And so um, I'm gonna end with this and then Brian, you can jump in. Though we've talked about procrastination, I don't think we've talked about it in a negative space, but we've just it's it's essentially it's one of those things where I think everyone feels like it's a negative component of our lives. Um, yeah. but I wanted I wanted to mention, because I read this book or rather, no, I just finished it as a matter of fact. It's the 12-week year. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the author's name. I will mention it in the show notes and hyperlink it. But it talks about the fact that, you know, procrastination isn't always a bad thing. It's okay. It's similar to a yellow light. You can either speed up or you can slow down. Either way it's preparation. Um, procrastination will let you or identify to you that you need to take a beat. You need yeah. to gather yourself. You need to absorb the moment and then you need to respond. You need to react or you can simply step away. Um, And I say that because I spent a lot of time beating myself up because I procrastinate so much and I genuinely do. Um, But I've also understood that my mind and my emotions in many cases have protected me through my procrastination. My mind and my emotions have allowed me to slow down and to think about everything. Think about how I am connected to said project. Think about what my response is to said gig or whatever it is. Um, And perhaps it's just me being a person who analyzes everything, or I just rather understand everything. Um, Procrastination does provide me a space to gather. And okay. the moment I I accepted that, you know, I've stopped beating myself about, I've stopped beating myself up about procrastination. But I've also stopped procrastinating procrastinating a lot more because of that space. Because I've accepted yeah. it, I understand that you know there. Are, I feel like a lot of us don't understand that there are micro points of us that will manage us, meaning either our emotions. Our desire to eat something, our desire to drink, our desire to uh, sleep, our bodies are essentially managing us. Either it is to protect, it is to recover, it is to um, cultivate something new. Um, But I've learned, you know, that my entire being is actively working in my favor. So if I am, in fact, procrastinating, I do do the necessary work of understanding why. Are the emotions tied to it? Why? I
0: I totally agree with you there. And this brings me back to a conversation I recently had on Clubhouse. Um, Not recently. It was more like four or five months ago when when you first gave me that invite. Uh, But there was a conversation about balance. And Mm -hmm. one person was asking me, how do you use balance in your life? And I was explaining, of course that uh, balance was my word of the beginning of the year 2020. But for me, keeping things in balance, I sort of use it as an alert to tell me that I need to get back on track. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling off balance in something, then why would I continue? And let's say I'm feeling overwhelmed with something Mm -hmm. slightly. Why would I continue to act in a way that's going to cause me to continue to be overwhelmed? So, If I start to feel like, oh, this is a little bit shaky right now, that's a moment for me to stop and pause and say, Brian, release control.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. You're trying to control every single thing that's going on around you right now. Release some of that control and you'll be back on track. Also, conversely, if I feel like, oh. I just feel like i'm not doing enough Mm -hmm. well why would i continue to not do enough (laughs) to fall Uh, into where it's like oh now there's too much to do Mm -hmm. and i don't know how to get around it brian get up see what you can do today yes get a little bit more clear and specific about your to-do list you wrote this in general terms you could say respond to emails right that's what i have to do today okay what emails are you going to respond to? Mm-hmm. Respond to all emails that have to do with writing assignments. Okay, great. Now you got yourself back into a better balance. So I more so use those feelings as an alert to tell me what I can, what I can do better and what, also what I need to release myself from. Yeah. And how I relate that to procrastination is that there are times when I just want to have a lazy weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. But if
0: I start to feel like, I should be doing something right now, yeah. right? There's nothing wrong with self-care and relaxing, right? But in speaking of balance, if I truly feel like I should be doing something right now, I get up and I think about, okay, what is it that I'm feeling that I'm lacking in right now, that I'm not performing as well as I know I, sh- I could and should be? Mm-hmm. And then I address it. So I think it's also a sense of mindfulness and why you feel the way you feel and being able to pinpoint it and articulate it. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with it.
1: I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's pretty much our episode. So yeah. Um, before we go, before we go though. Yes. Um, a little tidbit. So what's something, let's see. <laughs> What's something you're excited about this weekend? Something I'm excited for
0: this weekend. Huh. I'm honestly excited for, you know, I've been saying this affirmation every morning. I won't say what it is because it's a very specific affirmation.
1: Okay. But I'm
0: very excited because it almost feels like I'm, you know, I've been fo- I've been focusing on getting very clear and very specific about the things that I want out of my life, what mm-hmm. I want to have for me this year and over the course of the next five to ten years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and getting specific that way, I'm finding that some of those beginning points, beginning stages are starting to pop up in the oddest ways, and I'm excited for this weekend because um, one of those things is directly linked to one of my goals, okay. and I'm just like, really surprised, like, wow, Brian, this is something that you were completely unclear on <laughs> <laughs> like five months ago, and now you're actually getting little, taking small steps closer and Yeah, working through the process and the experience to make this dream of yours happen. So that's what I'm excited for this weekend, um, whether I feel that it's a tough um, process mm-hmm. I know in the end that it's worth it okay so I'm choosing to work through it
1: awesome stuff yeah so awesome that's stuff about. awesome stuff what about you uh well as of yesterday I am now excited about uh, wedding dress shopping for my best friend Floresca she has oh she has 60 days to get married because she just did her uh wedding license so they gave her 60 days to get married uh she is she was not supposed to be getting married anytime soon (laughs) um so we will be wedding dress shopping this sunday and um because of COVID, i've not been able to participate in all of my friends wedding plans Mm -hmm. my sister's getting married in may my best friend since childhood is getting married. Literally, I've known this girl since we were like four years old. Um, wow. She's getting married. They're both getting married in April, on April 17th. So I didn't get a chance to do the the dress shopping with them. And so because I get to do it with Floresca, I'm overly excited. Oh, okay. And I'm going to take this whole thing over. I'm excited about three things. Wedding dress shopping. Floresca's uh, launch for her new bag. She's also my client. Launches okay. Um, on Sunday as well, and then um, we locked in or um, B&F locked in a client for Fashion Week February fourteenth to fifteenth, um, and we're showing at Spring Studios. So I'm excited about all of. I'm just excited about the weekend. It's so much happiness. It really is. It is just April. April. February filled up pretty quickly. So, but I'm excited about that. So. um Yeah. All right, guys. So we're at the end of the show. This is or has been a phenomenal conversation. Brian and I are recording remotely for the first time. So I was extremely nervous. I had a huge (laughs) glass of rosé. It worked out. It It was phenomenal. We are on FaceTime, so I get to see his face. He gets to see mine. So we felt like we were in person. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Brian and Noah is it Brian and Noah the podcast or Brian and Noah?
0: It is Brian and Noah. It's Brian and you Noah. Can follow us on Facebook at yes. Brian and Noah the podcast. Yes. On Twitter, we are Brian and Noah. And yes. then the website coming soon.
1: Yes, it needs to come soon. We need to work on it. That's a note to you, Brian. We need to work on it. So, yes. um, guys, that's the show. Um, we are looking forward to our next episode. That is on love languages. And Brian probably looking at me like I'm crazy because we didn't talk about it, but it's on the list. So, <laughs> <laughs> next week uh the next episode is love languages and i'm really excited about that because i read that book five times um although i've had relationships ever since but it's okay um this was great we love you guys thank you for listening yeah. be sure to subscribe to share to comment and leave a review on our platforms we are currently streaming on google play spotify and itunes um Thanks so much. This was awesome. Brian, any last words?
0: Uh, No, signing off. Thank you, everyone.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. And we will see you next episode.